I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast. I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Hertog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And we're back with another episode of Dune News and Updates from the movie by Denny... De- Denis, Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Is that is that the way did I say it right? Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. We're trying. We're trying. We're we are trying. Tr- we are we trying. Li- I listened to that video that was put into the Facebook page like a gazillion times. I still can't pronounce it. Yeah, we're trying. Denis. I still Villeneuve. want to say Villeneuve, but it's not. <laughs> it. That's not it. Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. So, so we're right. trying. All right. So anyways, try. Dune wrapped Dennis up filming. Dennis New Village. What, 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 what was that? New Village. Yeah, New Village. Dennis New Village. <laughs> yeah, the New Village. <laughs> new Village. Uh, but they wrapped up filming Dune. That is both movies, right? Um, I understand. Well, they wrapped yeah, up filming, so I filming. assume it's both movies, yes. So that's kind of cool. That's very cool. I was just impressed with the drink list. <laughs> yeah. I saw Brian Herbert. Um, actually, I, I didn't post it, so uh, but I saw Brian Herbert post... Something about that. Um, it should have just been water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, that would have been uh, funny. And spice. Like cinnamon cinnamon water and water. Yeah. So let me see if I... Oh, yeah. So here, here is the cocktail drink list okay. for the wrap party. And I think that you would... Uh, and uh, this was the cocktail list here. So Burning Palms, <laughs> The Ballad of Gurney... Duke's Demise, Ride the Worm, Moadib, Mind Killer. That's the one I want to try. My And Fat Baron. Ride the Worm has got to be tequila. Like it's just a tequila uh, shot. Ride the Worm. They have the ingredients. It, it is. It is tequila. It's got to be tequila. I was going to say <laughs> the worm. It is tequila. Yeah. So, um, and tequila. Mind Killer has vodka in it. Yeah, my killer's just roof and fat baron's <laughs> rum. So, <laughs> the, yeah. so, anyways, yeah, but they wrapped up, and that uh, so that's kind of cool. So now it's just down to the editing, special effects, and hopefully a uh, trailer coming down the pike sometime. Uh, Probably soon. spring, I would think. Yeah, so spring or maybe winter. Probably teaser, spring. Teaser. Uh, what I find encouraging about this is we are. Just over a full year away from uh, when this is coming out. And that's a lot of time for post-production. Yes. Uh, unlike a joke that I've been making a lot lately is everything coming out in 20, 2020 is like not finishing filming till 2020. And then the turnaround's like, boom, it's boom. out. You know? Yeah. How so, about pressure? Yeah. All right. Well, I asked today what what our listeners would like to hear us chat about on the show, and we got some really good questions. And uh, 
And I'm just going to run down through the list, and uh, we can do dialogue it. about these. Is that okay? Let's do it. So Paul J. Bowen said, do you think that the rebirth of interest in the Dune universe would be possible without Brian and Kevin's work? So let's say that we didn't have any of the other novels. Do you think there would have been such a rebirth of interest in the Dune universe? No. Maybe yes. not. You think oh, okay. Be? Good. Oh, okay. Contending views. All right. Fight, 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 right. fight. Get ready, fight, Jim. Coming fight. at you. All right, go ahead, Jim. <laughs> okay. In gloves, one corner, we have off. David Moulton. Okay, go ahead. So here's what I think. I say no. What do you think? Because... Not because I'm discrediting Dune or its ability to appeal to people or whatever. It's 50-some years old now, 50 years old, something like that. So I think it's because of the money gain from the books, not necessarily the fandom behind the books, but the money that they made and the dedication to the story that they've shown um, and the crafting, the continual crafting of the story and the, the brand in general. All goes to show that this is not a dead franchise, that there are still people interested in it, that it has an appeal, and maybe, you know, those, there's contention over whether, you know, what people think over their, their books. Um, but regardless, people are reading them and talking about them. I mean, you can see that just in the fact that our shows con- continually uh, are getting downloaded. People are now just coming to reading some of these books. But... I think it's because of that they were able to go, and then also the money for lobbying, the, the you know, putting it out there. They were able to go and say, hey, what about making a new movie? Like, and they can put it forward, show all these things uh, as positives, backing up reason why they should make this movie. I think that had a big play in, in, in a studio saying, we can make money off of this, even, you know, even though looking back at the previous installments not being so great so it's certainly cinematic certainly see cinematics have come a long way too in telling the story right so So i that's why i think that that they have had a huge influence in it and it happened okay jim how about you i i think absolutely because we did the podcast that regenerated all of the interest in this (laughs) we are solely responsible for that, a there you go. You heard it here right now, Brian. I, you heard it here first. I lo- I like how I came out with like <laughs> I was like I'm thinking this through. I'm going to win this argument, <laughs> and the whole time Jim was just like I have a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Uh, <laughs> ah, Loot Master. So does so it you again. so so Loot Master. You you don't actually think that? Um, do you, do you think that? If if Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert would not have been playing in the sandbox, but let's say they were still pitching ideas for a movie, do you think they'd have gone for it, Jim? Um, gosh, I know it's all I'll speculative. Tell you what. I think I think that there are two kinds of Dune fans. There's the ones that say only Frank Herbert. And then there's the other ones that say, well, the other, the, the expanded universe books are, yeah, they're okay. But, you know, I, I, I think what we're looking for here is people that are disappointed 
with the attempts before to bring Dune to the big screen, are hoping that now, with the technology and with Brian Herbert being involved in the project and everything, that everybody's saying, okay, finally it's going to be done right. And I, think I don't think where, I don't think where, where the this regeneration is coming from. See, it's the hype is not about the movie, right? Or I, I'm sorry, excuse me. It's not about it's not about the story or the book. It's about getting a good movie. Okay, all right. Okay, I see what you're saying. The new you're saying the new movie might have been made just purely on the idea of doing a better job. Um, no, no, not, not being made because of it. Um, I think that's the question, isn't it? it it's the question is, is why this the movie, movie? No, is, no, is this movie. Do you think this movie would have been possible if Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert had not written the expanded, the, the expanded Yeah. So the idea is, is would there be a desire and draw make this movie had Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson not been writing new books. Absolutely. That's, that's I question. mean, you're talking about one of the biggest selling, most popular science fiction books ever written. Ever. So, you, so you don't think that the uh, the supplementary novels were necessarily an influence in this? I don't think they. I don't think they were would have been needed. All right, there you go. Mm. Throw down here. Very good. <laughs> Write us and let us know who you thought. Leave a comment on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. No, let us know who, who won. Who won that? Jim versus David. I'm not saying there's an award if I win, but I am saying yeah. you'll go home with a prize. No, there you go. <laughs> oh, bribery, bribery. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> well, since nobody nobody leaves here empty-handed, we'll just cut off your hands. There you go. <laughs> uh, All right. Christopher Matthew Jones said, I recently read the final books of the entire saga. So any of you have an interest in rereading any of the Frank Herbert, Brian Herbert, Kevin J. Anderson books? And um, let's start with that question. It's a two-part question. So uh, any, any interest in rereading any of the Dune books? Yes. Absolutely. Dune, I mean, I've read them several times. And then there were some that I read for the first time when we were reading a, a couple of them. Uh, and some of some of the like the the school books are just so good. Those I would reread again. Yeah, here here's here's something that actually has been in the back of my mind, and I know some of you guys out there have really wanted this, and that's why it's been in the back of my head. It, I've been tempted to reread to try and do more of the Dune Intense. People really, really liked the Dune and Ten synopsis that I was doing, the ten minute breakdown of the story. Um, and I feel like right now with uh, you know, the hype building and everything, uh, people wanting to get more and more into Dune, it would be the perfect time. I when I was doing it before, they were very, very labor intensive. Um, plus I was reading the book. Uh, I've been thinking about going back. And, and picking it up. I don't remember which book I stopped on. And that's, I mean, I can obviously find out by looking at it. Yeah, it's pretty and, easy. Yeah, pretty easy. But the, then it's like, do I just start right there? Or do I, if it's, an, I can't remember if it's in the middle of a part, one of them, you know, one of the storylines and I want to start at the beginning. That, 
I don't know. It's interesting. Um, so that's a possibility. If that's something you want to see, definitely leave a comment on Facebook or send us an email to talk a podcast at, g- at gmail.com to me, to my attention, say to David, whatever. And let me know what you think. Um, I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we'll do it as like a, a Patreon goal or something. We'll think about uh, it. I don't know. Right. It doesn't have to be, but maybe right. we'll, we'll figure something out. So, cause it's, I want to see you do a new segment called Dune Rant. Dune Rant. I didn't Dune have rant. a ton of rants about Dune. It wasn't until we surpassed Dune that I started getting the rants. I think the Rant Master, rant rant. master name from the Orbital Sword. Yeah, we got to do a retro rant. A retro rant. I'm sure I could. I'm sure I could. But yeah, so that's my, go ahead, you guys. Yeah. So, uh, there is a lot, there's a lot of good books out there. And, uh, I don't have anything currently on my radar. That being said, if we were to say, let's reread this series or reread maybe a trilogy, I might be up for it depending on the trilogy. Uh, again, the school books definitely uh, pull my attention and certainly revisiting Dune and reading the, the central Dune book again probably will be in my future. Some. Mm. How about you, Jim? Any of the books that are kind of calling to you to be reread? Oh, I, you know, I think I've got kind of in, in my bucket list to reread all of them once again when, uh, when I retire. There you go. Very good. I actually you know. had a suggestion from one of our fans of the Orbital Sword, our other book club podcast, if you're not familiar and you're listening to this. Um, and they suggested that we reread Dune proper and... Tell everyone here that we're doing that, and then put our new re uh, reread and, and subjective review on the orbital sword. Do you know it may not be bad before uh, the movie comes out at the very least to do a reread of that? Yeah, uh, be because it would, it, would, it would be appropriate, certainly. Right. So, yeah. so second part of the of, his, of Christopher's question was: I started reading the Hellhole trilogy which is another uh, trilogy by Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert. Uh, and I'm greatly enjoying it. It's similar, yet very different sweeping saga by Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson. Have you guys read those? No, I think I have the first one. I think they gave it away at a Comic-Con in New York. I looked at it. And uh, yeah. I, and I, I didn't have the time to read it. I haven't read it yet, but I've heard really good things. Yeah. How about you, Jim? No, I, I, I've never heard of it at all. Yeah, I think we I think we mentioned it before on the show, but I, I not in, we didn't go anywhere into it, obviously. Right. Well, um, it's not so, nineteen books, is it? <laughs> I think it's three. I think it's a trilogy. What do you see there, Scott? No, nothing. I'm typing something in that someone wrote. I ah. So, um, so we did get another request, and I'm not sure uh, why this is here. So we'll just. Uh, um, but this is uh, someone requested. Let me see who did it. It was uh, Miles Greb said, "Will you say the word oval in the podcast?" Oval. They're done. Okay, next. Um, <laughs> have, so Stephen Cook said, "Have you guys ever discussed Herbert's use of the word beef swelling?" <laughs> no, we haven't. <laughs> I don't know that I even recall it ever being said. A- apparently, uh, Herbert uh, he uses it often, and then <laughs> turn it over to Jim, and he's like, "Well, actually, I've been keeping a log 
of every time it was mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm afraid not. I, that's, I, I don't recall that term at all. Yeah, so in Children of Dune, it is, it is um, the, an adult beef swelling is used as a euphemism for an erection. Whoa. Getting risque. So this is why it makes sense, right, when you think about it. Beef swelling. Beef swelling. I'm going to start using that. (laughs) 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 Oh, my. Uh, You know. Oh, my. (laughs) Everyday conversation. (laughs) Jeez. Uh, The things that we talk about on this podcast. I know. Our fans are corrupting me. (laughs) It's true. So um, the internet was kind of a breaking off of the Leah Lee Kynes casting. So right. there was an article that came out saying that Leah will be a woman in the movie. And so just to give you a little bit of premise of the article, um, basically, uh, Denis Villeneuve, how do you say it? Villeneuve. 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 Uh, Villeneuve. Uh, did a gender swap in Leah Kynes. Is this 100% true? Because this just, like, came out of nowhere. Right, right, exactly. Right? And the casting was, like, listed a while ago, right? Right. So why didn't someone say anything then? So so this is this is according, here's my source, is bounding into comics. So... IMDB this right now. Uh, we, we could. Yeah. Someone, uh, Jim, can you IMDB if I read this article? Working... Okay. okay, so um, so according to this, the new Dune will gender swap Leah Kynes. According to his trusted source, Leah Kynes, the appointed judge of the change during the transition of the planet Arrakis between House Har- Harkonnen and House Atreides, will be a female instead of the traditional male from Frank Herbert's historic Dune novel. Uh, in Frank Herbert's Dune, Leah Kynes is the son of Perdon Kynes and his Fremen wife, Farula and the, is the appointed judge of the change during the transition of power over the planet of Arrakis between the House Harkonnen and the House Atreides. Um, he's also the imperial ecologist who's working to terraform Arrakis. So, just to give you a little bit of a text. Um, the source says that Kynes is described as a tall, lean woman in her 40s who exudes pride and intelligence, see a sandy hair, suntan face, and a shocking blue eyes of spice saturation. I'm going to give, I mean, I, the comments that we saw on our Facebook page about this went, were, it was weird. It didn't see any, like, yes, yes, I love this. They, but the gamut was more, okay, whatever, to this is like, why would they change the character? This is like, you know, he's supposed to be the strong male character or whatever, like a father figure, blah, blah, blah. So there was no, like, Super positive, but it was more just kind of like whatever to kind of negative. Yeah. So this is what were some. It's a uh, Benjamin Arrowwood, whoever this guy is. Um, uh, that's, that's my son. <laughs> yeah, he said honestly, I always felt kind of felt Lee. It sounded like a feminine name. Either way, I'm with Charles. Don't screw up the worms. Are the still suits, and it should be great. Of course, he could still make a new Dune adaptation every ten years, and I'd still love seeing every new interpretation. Good stuff. Um, and then John said, a planetologist scientist of the Imperial Court, father of Chani, of Chani um, is that right? Chani. Yeah, Chani, whose tribal links to the Fremen are a crucial passage for both Leto and Atreides, as well as Paul. Um, so he didn't like it. Um, 
And uh, Andrew Kozik said, I expect there'll be men in the sisterhood of the Ben and Jesuit as well. Yeah. So that, <laughs> I, like I said, it was kind of a gamut there, but I, here, here's my thing. Liet's, uh, it depends on what they do with this series, right? Like, let's just assume they're only making this two movies version of Dune. And then if they make more, they're only going to move forward from here. If that holds true, this matters almost not. Because Liet Kynes is a character that is talked about a lot more than is actually in anything. True. The character is actually in physically in the story very little. Um, and depending on how prominent they make a character in the movie, no matter what, it's only a small portion of the movie. And then it's the gravitas of the character carried forward via story, memory, um, and how they affect Cheney, uh, Leto, or the rest of the Fremen, Stilgar, whatever. But really, not that important. So to me, I don't really care, honestly. Didn't 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 Frank Herbert get dirt and not being enough uh, of being too male centric? Probably. Uh, and you look at the times where that we're in, and to, so to create another to change one character from male to female, not that big of a deal. Again, it's the as long as the central story works and yeah. it's believable, and the writing's good and the acting is good, then right. Who cares? From my part, now if they were going to go back words story-wise it makes a little bit more sense for it to be a male i mean right if you look at like the structure of the islamic like uh influence onto the fremen and the, right, and the, the right. males being prominent figures and maybe that's where people have so, yeah. so one of the guys said uh kieran uh, daniel said the jerks in hollywood can't ever leave well enough alone and maybe kind of that sentiment's coming out of the fact that he he wrote this because he was incorporating knowledge of current religions right and yes, are they male centric? Yes. Yeah. So, are we making the story fit our culture? Are we keeping the cultural integrity of the piece? And I, I get that. Right, Jim. We had you look this up on IMDb. Did you get any confirmation on that? Um, I'm looking. What is the the lady's name that is allegedly playing? So allegedly, uh, it is. Um, I actually don't give a name. <laughs> So that, they just did, they, it was just said that they were uh, Liet Kynes, but they don't have Liet Kynes listed in IMDb. Really? They don't, I, I, I don't no, know. I'm asking. They do not have Liet. There are two characters that are not listed with their, uh, or there are two actors that are not listed with their character name. One is uh, Sharon Duncan Brewster, I've who seen is an African American. Young lady, and the other one is is Stephen McKinley Henderson. These are two actors that have not been uh, listed for what their part is on IMDb. Interesting. So, there's there's no one here. Everyone else is accounted for, and and Leah Kynes is not listed anywhere. At this yeah, point. so uh, this may just be speculation. I don't know. Yeah, because I'm only seeing this listed on the site bounding into comics. Yeah, so who knows? So interesting it, discussion, but yeah. may so may maybe not valid at all. Maybe. Yeah. 
But like, for me personally, I don't care. You don't care? Yeah, I don't know that it's a breaking yeah. thing for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'd be nice if they if they named, yeah, if Sharon Duncan Brewster is playing Liet Kynes, she joins Max von Sydow. Okay, so what they're saying here is they've also seen this character listed, and through the process of elimination, they're calling her Liet Kynes. Okay. So I, I think it's I think it's a it's a guess rather right. than anything that's fact. Right. At do any rate, know? I didn't do get we... to weigh in on this. Oh yeah. Oh no, yeah, weigh Tim, in. Please. Weigh in. So what I what I think is all right, when we did the reimagined Battlestar Galactica and mm-hmm. there was Katie Sackoff as Starbuck, and I just kind of sat there, my jaw dropped, and it's like, what the hell? You know? <laughs> and then after about four episodes, it was like, holy crap. Now, <laughs> uh, about three weeks ago, I rewatched the old Battlestar Galactica, and I like Katie Sackhoff way better than Dirk Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> And it was like weird seeing a guy playing Starbuck, if you can believe that. So <laughs> I, I don't, it's not going to bother me. I, I guess with Frank writing the part of Liet as being Chani's father, I don't know. Um, again, that, that comes down to. Are we going to be in, here in the 21st century, or are we going to be true to the time period of when it was written? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, it's six of one, half a dozen of another. If if it's convincing, if the part's convincing, I'm I'm okay with it. If not, uh, we'll see what the rest of it's like. I'm I'm not going to pan an entire movie based on one character. Right. Right. So. Well, uh, so talking about characters, we had another, uh, so uh, uh, Don Bender uh, said, who's playing Fufir, ha- is it the Mentat? How do you pronounce Fufir. it? Yeah, Fufir Howitt. Fufir. Yeah, I can't pronounce it. So go ahead and say it for Fufir me. Fufir Howitt. Okay, yeah. So who's playing him in the new movie? And I looked at him up, and all I can see is a Howitt specialist, and it's Oliver Ryan. But I don't see like him by his actual name in IMDb. But he's known for all the money in the world, killing me softly in Midsummer Murders. And I can see the look kind of fitting it. But. You know, this movie's going to be so makeup and visual effects heavy. Like, who knows what they'll wind up looking like. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know that you know, it matters. It doesn't me. matter. Yeah. You know. So well, another game. that's Stephen McKinley Henderson, too. You never know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, I think it's Matthias Linden said, are you guys going to try the new board game coming out next month? Oh, boy. <laughs> I would say that question really is, uh, I don't know, Jim, do you play a lot of you play a lot of board games? It's probably for both of you here. What do you think of this? Are you going to pick it up? I have not looked into it too much, mainly because I just assumed that I would look into it once it's out. Um, right. And I can read reviews and stuff. I didn't want to. I didn't want to get too like hypothetical into it. I want to see what's what's legit. 
Um, so I can't even remember what type of game it is, if it's more of an RPG or, or, or what. I'm really interested. Um, these themes, I don't know about you, Jim, but I, whenever I play a themed game, like to a movie or something, it's hard for me to get into sometimes because like, I'm just like, well, how are they making this a game? There are certain, there are certain franchises that do it really well. And it's like, this doesn't necessarily like, uh, for instance, a game called legendary, the primary one is Marvel themed, Mm -hmm. but they have firefly. They have, um, Buffy, you know, they've got a bunch of different themes to it. And it really doesn't matter what the theme is because the game is so good and the mechanics are good. It's just like, they're just slapping like artwork on it for you to buy basically. And that game is amazing. So if this is done in a way where it's like a good game and the core mechanics are great and they just put the Dune stuff on, on top of it and it works, totally in. I'm definitely going to le- read a ton of reviews or before I think about buying it. I may even wait till PAX uh, Unplugged here in November and to see if I can play it there and try it right. um, when I'm there. And that way um, kind of really find out what it's all about so yeah especially it's it's running fifty dollars i think fifty dollars is the for a board game it's it's not bad that's not bad that's kind of average right Uh, i think the big thing that came out of this is people are theorizing that the logo for dude which has changed on Mm. the game might actually be the logo for the movie so did you actually take a look at the board game at all? i haven't really no okay i dropped the link jim for you in the skype channel um but uh and it's also on Facebook if you want to look it up on Facebook. Uh, but it looks kind of interesting, and uh, and I, I kind of like it. I'm, yeah, we'll see. I'm curious to see what happens, see what it's like, um, and all that jazz for sure. Um, we'll see. What what are you thinking, Jim? Well, Jim, let's let's see. What do we got? Pre-order exclusive. Pre-order the game at the show, fifty bucks. <laughs> we got worms. We got sand plumes. I see there. Um, I don't know. It, it's really kind of hard to say. It's legendary. That that that's a good reputable company. I don't know. I I think I would have to give it some thought. Uh, in my household, I'm the only one that's familiar with Dune. So since it's it's not a one player game, (laughs) but if I get my son to come over and play it with me, um, that'd be cool. By the way, he gave me the Firefly, the Firefly legendary game for Christmas. And I, and I really like it. Oh yeah. I love that game. The, the. The Marvel. The only reason I, I like the Marvel one more than any other ones is it has tons of expansions, and they they eat surprisingly the expansions really add to the. But I'm looking at this board game really? on 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 uh, Amazon, and I am I am in love with the cover. Isn't it great? I want I want that on my wall. Like, there's is a, anyone complaining an about this here logo? Called- no. Um, in fact, no one, no one on Facebook has said anything about the logo. Uh, Paul Summerhays said, "If this is a remake, if this remake is similar to the original Dune board game. It should be fun." My brother owned it for about twenty, about twenty-five years ago, old, 
about 25 years old and we played it a lot back in the day. I fear that it might be too complex for my group, but I don't know. Like I'm t- there, I, I'm tempted to pre-order. There's an outfit here that's selling it for $34.97 pre-order. Really? Send me that link, please, yeah. because that's more of a take a gamble price than $60 here on Amazon. Is it $60 on uh, Amazon? It's $58.96 with free shipping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty crazy. Oh. Um and I don't I don't have the the Skype uh chat, Jim. I do. Oh. <laughs> he does. If you're trying, yeah, to, if you're trying so, to send me links. Look, <laughs> look it's thirty four ninety seven for it. With shipping? Uh doesn't say that. It says pre order and uh yeah, the shipping free, free, is calculated free, at checkout. Yeah, free shipping over $75. So if you buy another game. We'll have to put this link on Facebook, too, I'm sure. Our, yeah. Our peeps will. We should get it and then play it together. Like, right. Like, Jim, you get a copy, we get a copy, and we play it, and like we can play together like online. That would We should try and do that. Uh, that'd be, uh, it might be <laughs> that a little. That would be interesting. Yeah, because the it's like, how do you keep cards from repeating into... I don't know how it plays out, but if there are cards, we might need a fourth party to be a go-between between Jim and our board. Yeah, maybe. You know? Yeah. And Well, my wife will kill me if I buy another game. He, you know. he, just, he just got a new one in the middle I of the day. I did. It's going to be... Well, see, there you go. I'll, you put that up, and I'll buy it. Because only one of us needs a cop. Yeah. If we're going to play uh, it. I put it... I, I put it up uh, on on Facebook there on cool. on that uh, where we're discussing. Awesome. All right, all right, all right. Thank you. So, what else we got here? Well, so that's a, that. That is about it. Um, and uh, a lot of people giving us dirt about the way we pronounce the uh, director's name. We're trying. Uh, we, we, we we are definitely. Um, <sighs> There was a story that dropped about the first Dune behind-the-scenes photo as Joss Brolin in a fighting mood. Mm. And then someone just commented, Tony Paul said, mood is a thing for Cato and lovemaking, not for fighting. <laughs> you fight when you must, not when the mood takes you. <laughs> Wasn't there word on something being up with uh, Sisterhood? Uh, but no, oh, you know what? It, they cast their lead. Oh. I think of that. Uh, let me look that up real quick. But I, I did see that. Um uh, sisterhood news. Let me see what they have here. Uh, sisterhood Dune sisterhood, and I will have to edit it down. Uh, so yeah, well, I, I have a, I have a solution to this okay. mispronouncing the director's name. Go ahead. Just call him the director. Well, just <laughs> call him the director <laughs> and be done with it. <laughs> Actually, so this is what it says. So this is the news on Sisterhood. Dune Sisterhood series gets a female co-showrunner. So the showrunner they found. Uh, Dana Calvo is set to serve as a show co-runner, co-showrunner, sorry, of the upcoming Dune Sisterhood series, having acquired the moving TV rights to Dune back in 2016. Legendary is moving full speed ahead with a multimedia franchise that includes movies, TV shows, video games, and more. The property will launch. We haven't talked about the video games much. Oh, yeah. But, um, Probably will launch with Arrival and Blade Runner 20, uh, 2049 director 
Denis Villeneuve uh, film's adaptation, and uh, and they will of course be. Um, uh, anyways, so but she has been uh, tapped to actually help oversee the Sisterhood show. Yeah. So, um, and uh, Prometheus and Doctor Strange co-writer John Spates was previously set to oversee the series. Uh, so, so now we have a female show runner or co-show suits it since it's a female-led show. Yep, I makes sense. Cool. It'd be it'd be nice. So yeah. So yep. Yeah, so that's that. We have that news, and that's kind of uh, that's kind of cool. I don't know much about her, but yeah. Cool. So, is there anything else we want to say regarding uh, Dune? Or are we good here? I can't think of any other big news that came out since last we talked that we haven't already talked about. How about you, Jim? No, I I don't know anything new. I kind of depend on you guys for that. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, let's take a second then before we say our goodbyes. Um, you know, thank all of you for listening to the show, continuing to support us. Absolutely. For all these years, even though, you know, we've had a stint here since we finished the books that uh, just waiting for the next big Dune thing that we're all excited about. Yep. Um, but in the meantime, all of us are busy doing other fun things you can check out. Uh, we like all have. not reading The Green Knight. Like not reading The Green Knight. No. We, <laughs> we all have um, other podcasts we're involved with. Um, and we have one podcast that three of us also do where we're reading uh, fantasy and sci-fi books on a semi-ish monthly, you know, sometimes it goes a little bit longer. Yeah, period, month, month and a half. Month and a half, yeah. Um, it's called The Orbital Sword. Um, so you can check us out at orbitalsword.com or iTunes, wherever you, you get your check stuff. Check David out. You heard it. Oh, yeah. Hey, check girl. me out. Hey, girl. Um, personally, I have a movie review and news podcast called The Pen Cinema Podcast. That's P-E-N-N cinema podcast um that i do with a theater owner here in pennsylvania uh but it's uh, a broad scope entertainment uh, movie news and review type thing so if you're interested in that kind of stuff please check it out scott you've been talking about sci-fi stuff for more years than you can even count where can people learn more about your other podcast almost a fourth of my life oh my word Not quite <laughs> uh, so I'm a part of the podcast called the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, and there are a few other podcasts that I do very irregularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Sci-Fi Diner I do most regularly, and recently we did uh, an interview with uh, Spock from Discovery. Oh. So Ethan Peck, we chatted with him, and then Aaron Ashmore, who was on Fringe, and uh, Warehouse 13. Yeah. It's a, some of those actors. So uh, it's a bunch of different things we do. We're kind of a general science fiction podcast. And I do that with, uh, I was going to say David Moulton. It's not true. He's been on the podcast. <laughs> been on. Uh, David Sellers, uh, Chrissy Ragusberger, Chrissy Rathisberger, MCR Garcia, and Miles McLaughlin yeah. are my co-hosts on that. So it's quite a large breadth. And we had a lot of good conversations. We recently just finished a trek through all the Star Trek movies mm. and are now going to be starting a segment where we look at a pilot of a show in the past show. We talk about how well the pilot came off. Did it? fairly set up the series uh Hmm. did it uh did it promise something that it didn't deliver down the road um we're just going to talk about the pilot series and the first one we're doing is on the stargate franchise nice now i just want to give a little extra hype here for the sci-fi diner podcast i mean it's not just it is people sitting around talking sci-fi 
But they go out to the conventions and they talk to the people and they got cool interviews with yeah, authors and 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 different actors and actresses and all sorts special of special effects people, special effects people. So all sorts of cool, wide range things uh, to check out with them. Now, you want to get a little bit more focused into some straight up Star Trek related stuff. My boy Jim over here, he's got a podcast. Super hype into Star Trek. Let us know all about that, Jim. Cue the hurdy-gurdy now. <laughs> um, nope, I don't have a... Well, I do have a Star Trek podcast. I guess yeah. you could call our, our Klingon Assault Group podcast the uh, Bound by Honor, the Klingon Book Review podcast, where we look at uh, books that are specifically focused on Klingons, and then we kind of branch off and do some Romulan stuff too. Um, I'm part of that with, with a couple other guys. Uh, I also want to mention the Babylon project podcast where we're looking at Babylon five, uh, Raul Wybera and JP Harvey. And I, um, that one comes out every two weeks and we are, uh, next Thursday, we're going to record the last episode of Babylon five, the oh. fifth season episode 22, but we're not done because we're going to go on. We're going to do the movies and we're going to do crusade and we're going to look at some of the books. Oh, very good. Very cool. Very, very cool. So plenty, so, plenty to do. Yeah. yeah. Now, if you oh, want to yeah. just talk Dune with us, you can do that many different places. You can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dunesaga podcast. That's correct. Right. And that's the place where most of our community seems to thrive. Right. Yeah. A lot of people talking Dune over there. So we'd love to see you over there. You can email us at Dunesaga podcast at gmail.com. We also have a line. You can call in and leave us a voicemail. Go ahead with that. Scott. One, two, six, zero, five, seven, seven chat. One, two, six, zero, five, seven, seven, two, four, two, eight. Awesome. Awesome. I believe we're on, we've got a Twitter. We don't really. We do. We do. Dude Saga Podcast. I follow it yet. Yeah, okay. I still interact. I still post it. Awesome. Cool. So. And uh, thank you everyone who's supported us in the past on Patreon. Absolutely. And anyone who decides to do that in the future, we definitely appreciate that. Um, just a call back to action. Let me know what you think about Dune in 10. If you want to hear it, whatever. Encourage me, get me, uh, hassle me, get me to do it. So, or, or discourage me. Or discourage me. Yeah, yeah right. if you don't so want to hear yeah. my voice. Yeah, it saves him time. Yeah, because I don't want to do it if you don't want it. Right? right. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Or so, even if you want me to do it, you just might not because, you know, he never finishes it. Right. No, <laughs> I've never I finished think, it yet. I think so. we need, I think what we really need for that is to yeah, have right? Scott beatbox it and then <laughs> David rap it. <laughs> rap the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, miss, I'll, my, I'll my son lay in a, a track that goes underneath I made a huge David. mistake <laughs> whatever it was I said I'm a lash out <laughs> so cool cool uh, alright so once again for the Dune Saga podcast I'm David Molt. I'm Scott Herzog and I'm Jim Arrowwood and may Shai Hulud clear the path before you